I am from a sort of a tradition that believes essentially to be a Christ follower, regardless of background or class or culture, theology must lead the way. I am, I am a person who believes in Christ because of what the apostles taught about him. I am, I am unequivocal. To me, to be a Christian is to hold to what God says regarding human beings, regarding life, uh, why are we here, where do we go when we die, the big questions of life. That's what it means to be a Christian. We're Christians because of what we believe. Uh, if you don't believe certain things, you, it's hard then to be, to be effective for Christ. And I think we're in a sort of a, a very difficult time. Uh, we live in a time of crisis to me here in America. We are believers in America. This is the 21st century, I don't have to tell you guys. But when you look around at our society, I think the crisis is largely fueled by a failure to see things as God does. Uh, we're Christians, which means that we're not of this world. I am fundamentally a, a believer that I believe that Christ one day will crack the sky and set up a kingdom that will never end. I look forward to seeing my grandmother. My dad died when he, he was 10 years old. I will introduce my dad to my wife and children whom he's never seen. I'll race my grandmama around the New Galilee. I'm going to shine like a star in a city big as a moon. Dear friends, I don't belong here. You need to understand that just critically. For me, to be a Christian means that I am in the world, but I'm not of this. Look, I love black folk. Oh, my goodness. You got to admit, black people are really beautiful. Amen. I'll say it myself. I was in a church recently where, where uh, a little girl, a little, little toe-head, big saucer-eyed, beautiful little, little girl was following me around. You know, and I'm just trying to get ready for the sermon and greeting people and, you know. And she just followed me, and her mom was with her. I, I thought it was her mom, and it was. And she said, uh, she has a question for you. I said, yeah. Well, what, what's your question? You know, and she said, why does your, she literally asked this, why does your color stop right here? And, <laughs> and this part is a different color than this. And I looked at it, and I screamed, oh, no. No, I, no I, I actually said, well, God, I put my hands on the wall and God spray painted me. No, look, look, I'm, I don't take myself very seriously. Uh, I'm the sort of person that really believes that now that I'm a Christian, I don't have to be bound by all the crazy around me. I'm free. I'm free in Christ. I don't have to think like like my neighbors and others, I'm a believer. I'm a Christ follower. And so I can get to see things as, as he does. And our crisis today, especially now in America, is largely caused to me by our own lack of vision. It flows from a theological failure. I want to be very clear on that. Uh, I think because we fail to see things as God does, we don't recognize and affirm what he does, the dignity of every human being. And like you know, we've gone through this whole thing with George Floyd 
It's really uh, forever changed our society. As you know, or perhaps if you don't know, George Floyd was one of the persons who, who wound up because of uh, his uh, situation. He was literally suffocated uh, to death from an officer whose knee was on his neck, and he was found convicted. And our society has sort of blown up over that. I mean, all sorts of things. You can't turn on the TV now and not be exposed to ideas and issues related to race, uh, and things like that. And it really doesn't matter, in my mind, what side you're on. Uh, the, uh, uh, I, I am a firm believer that because we are Christians, we are in dozens of society, we speak dozens of languages. Quite honestly, Democrat and Republican means nothing to billions of people on earth. So we are in our society going through what we go through but it's not the only story uh, all over the world. And quite, quite honestly, our story here is greatly affected by you know, police uh, and their interactions uh, disproportionately affected people of color. Uh, everyone on this is uh, a person who died at the hand of an encounter with the police. And so this is really a big deal in America now. You can't sort of go anywhere on the job or anywhere and not think about it. But that's not the only thing. Our, we're in a stew of sorts of all kinds of different issues. Just think of COVID-19 and everything that's gone on. Uh, I wonder what I'm gonna do with all the many masks I've accumulated. I've got all kinds of masks. Cool masks, ugly masks, hot masks. Uh, I brought a mask today, uh, the Delta variant. Uh, could 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 affect us. There's a lot, a lot of things going on in America. The death rate is going up in certain societies, and it's really affected us. And only now are we beginning to sort of wheeze ourselves up out of the economic uh, effects of COVID. It's it's been a it's been a traumatic time for America. For the last 18, 19 months, our society has been greatly affected uh, in every way. Uh, and then add to that just the things that have taken place in terms of political upheaval in our society. There is dramatic sense of division, depending on where people stand and what they're against and what they're in favor of. It doesn't matter what you believe politically. If you're a person in American society, these things are real and you're exposed to it regardless of what you think. And then add to that, to me, the, the, the information and media overload. The dozens and dozens, hundreds and hundreds of messages that we get to and then add to all of this, the stress and being overwhelmed by all of this. And the, to be honest, to be a Christ follower in America in the 21st century is a tough thing. And you've got to think right or you're going to be sucked up into a vortex of crazy. A lot of it is just out of control. Our only way out is to really ask what Christ followers have always asked. What in the world is God doing in this society? Well, I did my uh, doctoral work on Dr. King and a German theologian called Paul Tillich. Uh, I have to, I've had to read everything that King wrote, all his grades, letters to aunts, everything. And King was a person whose feet were made out of clay. He wasn't a perfect person, but he has an unusual 
uncanny sense of capturing some of the deepest things that we need to think about as believers today. One of my favorite, all-time favorite quotes by Dr. King is this. We may have come on different ships here in America, but we're in the same boat now. Now that idea is fundamentally Christian. If you apply that idea to the world, it doesn't matter where you are or where you're from or what you've gone through. One day, each single one of us is going to have a private audience with the Nazarene. He's going to talk to you. I've thought about that meeting that's ahead. What will he say when I see him for the first time? Oh, my goodness. <laughs> I hope he kisses me on my neck and says something like, boy, you sure love me. Golly, come here. And we have just embraced real hard. Dear friends, if we're Christ followers in the earth, we need to know that all of human beings, everyone, everywhere, is in one common destiny. The issue of difference was his idea. Here's another really extended quote of King that I'd like to sort of use as my stepping off point. Uh, I will, Chad, uh, I, will, I will stay within 35 minutes, so the next time you invite me, you'll give me three hours and 35 minutes. Look, this is what King said about our lives being interconnected. This is a fundamental idea of being a Christian. I view being a Christian in the world is all our lives. It doesn't matter who you are, Frenchman, Guatemalan. It matters not where you're from or what you've done. All of our lives are intimately connected. Listen to what King said. In a real sense, all life is interrelated. All people are caught in an inescapable network of mutuality, tied in a single garment of destiny. Whatever affects one directly affects all indirectly. He says, I can never be what I ought to be until you are what you ought to be. And you can never be what you ought to be until I am what I ought to be. This is the interrelated structure of reality. Or to put it again, we're in the same boat now. We're all in the same boat. Russians and Frenchmen and, and young black guys who grew up on the streets of Wichita like I did, uh, little girls, uh, mamas padding tortilla uh, in a, outside of a dirt floor in Guatemala, uh, wealthy people who are lounging on, in penthouses in Chicago. All of us, no matter where you are or where you live, we're all connected. This is the genius of Christian theology. Our lives are one. It doesn't matter where you live or what color you are. It doesn't matter the accidents of your life. There is something more important about that. So what you see, if you have the ability as a Christian to see this, it will transform the way you understand life. Yes, I am thankful for the particular life that I have, African American. Uh, my mother grew up as a share, daughter of a sharecropper in, in Mississippi. My dad was from New Orleans. He served, he served as an infantryman in World War II, did it with honors. He came back. He came to Wichita. He couldn't vote. He couldn't participate in the GI Bill because he was black. He couldn't, he couldn't vote. He died the very day that Lyndon Johnson pinned the Voting Rights Act. He lived his whole life. 
He couldn't participate in society. But he was a brother in Christ, y'all. Amen, Don, I hear you. He was a brother in Christ. His life isn't short. My dad is going to shine like a star in a kingdom where Christ will, will, will order forever. This isn't my dad's existence, being a part of American whateverism. Now, I know y'all, shall I raise my hand so y'all can respond at the right time? Now, see, in where I'm from, people would have said, oh, man, make it plain, boy. But that's okay. We're all different. That's my sermon today. My sermon is that we're all different. You don't tend to shout like that. But guys, look, this is, here's the point. Uh, if my wife were here, she said, your intro is too long. Get to the point. Have you guys, have, 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 have you, uh, this is a great thing. Have you brothers noticed how your wife is in, she's like earworm in your head, even when you ain't with her? Oh my goodness. I can't get my wife out of my mind. We've been married 47 years. It's pretty good. Guys, look, in God's salvation purpose, all humankind is united in a common thread of, con of condition, life, and destiny. That's the gospel. That's why it works with anybody. It doesn't matter who they are from or what they know. We can give the gospel message to any human being anywhere. And they can be saved and become our brother. Y'all, I'm the brother your dad never told you you had. You think that everybody in heaven is going to be quiet? I can't wait to infiltrate heaven, and I'm going to make the quiet people, I'm going to make their lives. Well, I can't make them miserable. But I, guys, don't you see what I mean? To be a Christian, to be a Christ follower, means that I look again at every person that I deal with. I don't just look the first time. The word respect literally comes from two Latin words, little words, uh, a particle, re, and spectre, to look. It literally means to respect something is to look at it again. You don't go with the first look. You don't just look at a person the way they look, a person who smells of urine and have track marks, who's mumbling to themselves as they walk by you. Who do you think that person is? Dear friends, you need to know that every single human being, everywhere you see, from the oldest to the youngest, it doesn't matter if they're a Satanist, a misogynist, a jihadist, Every one of them is someone that Christ died for. That's what we are, right? That's the way we think. We're not like, we don't just label people and then just treat them a certain way. We're Christ followers. We're different. We're unique. We understand ourselves in a different way. So here is the thesis of the thing, and I'll get right to it. All humanity is bound together in a single story. All humanity. Every human being. If I meet a human being, I can know that they're part of the same story that I am. That's what I have learned from being a Christ follower. One story for all people, everywhere, regardless of their background. It means, it, what this means is that every person then deserves to be respected, cared for, protected as unique and irreplaceable. Every single human being, however broken up and bad off they may appear, is made in the image of God. Everyone. Guys, you need to know how revolutionary this is in my life. Every single one. 
I never meet a human being who's not worthy of love and respect. This is a Christian vision of life. It can revolutionize our society. If many of our Christian brothers and sisters just simply live true to this. Very quickly, three texts within our time frame. Genesis 1, 26 and 27. I think it's a mirror. I think a lens of this vision is in Colossians 3, 10 and 11. And then I think there's a fulcrum. Archimedes said, give me a lever long enough and a fulcrum strong enough and I can move the world. The fulcrum of this vision is Galatians 3, 26 through 28. Let's go through these quickly. Uh, dear friends, I don't know if you use a mirror. I do every day. A mirror is an amazing thing. Uh, cussing at your mirror isn't going to help. Your mirror simply reflects back what it, what it sees. Genesis 1, 26 and 27 is a mirror. Look at this text. Then God said, let us make humankind in our image after our likeness and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the heavens and over the livestock and over all the earth and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. Verse 27, so God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. Every single human being made in the likeness of God. Now, theologians will argue about what is that? Is that our conscience? Is that our reason? What is that? What, what is it about us that says that every human being, however poor or little or small or, or broken, is made in the image of God? Well, it seems to me that the Bible is more inclined to simply assert and affirm the truth. If you encounter a human being, little girls, little boys, grandmamas, older folk, middle age, every human being is made in God's image. And dear friends, this is important for us who follow Christ. Christ groaned on the tree for everyone. Now think about that. Every single person who has ever lived, he was on the cross from roughly nine in the morning uh, to, to, you know, six hours, three in the afternoon. He died in order to redeem all human beings everywhere. Every child of God who is a person of Adam. Guys, everyone's involved. This is so mind-bogglingly wonderful. I can never meet a human being and not know that that person is of incalculable value. Oh my goodness. Every person I see, I understand that. And because of that, this is very important. Because of that, I have to learn to respect every person and all people regardless of their actions. Now just think if we injected this kind of vision in the current political schema of America. How many people that I know claim to be Christ followers and honestly demonize people if a human being is a human being? According to Genesis 1, they are in fact Someone whom, whom God made. They're made in the image of God. <laughs> Dear friends, I work in a ministry that wants to plant churches in the toughest communities on earth. I would like to plant churches in, among, among ISIS warrior communities. Now, why is that? Because there are people for whom Christ died. 
I don't want any of them to be lost. Not a one. I'm a Christ follower. I don't judge people on the accident of the way they look or what they act or what they know. Right? Amen. Yeah. You can say that. Guys, we're free. I love being black. I'm black all day long. Now, look, guys, I would like, Zan, if you could just create the funk factor. I'm a funk guy. Guys, you know how funk is. I'll give you a brief lesson on funk. Uh, James Brown was auditioning a great funk bassist who played with George Clinton. Uh, you know, he, 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 Bootsy, Bootsy Collins. He, he was, he was in, 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 and he said, okay, show me something on the bass. And Bootsy, you know, Bootsy just went, you know, and he did that. And Bootsy listened to him a little while, uh, James did. He said, man, where's the one at? He said, what? He said, where is the one at? Don't you know anything about funk? Where's the one at? Bootsy didn't know what he meant. Do y'all know what, he, what James meant? Uh, here's a lesson you learned at New Life on Funk. Okay, any, any beat, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, and one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, and one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, and one. Where's the one at, right? Okay, I'm, I'm, I'm giving... I'm giving up on new life. I am. I'm just... Dear friends, it don't matter if you like funk or not. I don't care if you play an accordion. Everyone everywhere, everyone everywhere is loved by God. This has opened up my life. You have no idea. I love them all. I love them all. I want all of them to be affected by Christ. All of them. We support churches that are having church under, under, under trees in southern India, in villages on, on, on the lake, right outside of Lake Victoria in Tanzania. Guys carrying boom boxes on the south side of Chicago. I want them all. Because, see, I'm a Christ follower. I want everyone. He died for everyone. I don't want one of them to be lost. Don't you see how revolutionary this could be to your life? You could free yourself from all your bigotries and hatreds and little particularities. Dear friends, well, Don, hurry. You don't have time. All the things I could say to New Life if I had time, Chad. Things I could say. Look, look, this is the lens. Think of this, not just the mirror, but the lens. The lens of Colossians. Look at what Paul said. You know how lens does a lens brings things into focus. A mirror just sort of reflects back what you see is what you get. But think of a lens. Look at this. Look at what Paul said to the Colossians. Very diverse community in the New Testament. And have put on the new self, Paul said. You've discarded the old man with its deceitful lust, verse 9. And in, in 10, you put on the new self, Don, which is being renewed in knowledge after the image of its creator. Here among us, in new life, there is not Greek and Jew, circumcised and uncircumcised, Democrat and Republican, barbarian, Scythian, slave or free. Christ is all and in all. Isn't that great? 
It don't matter. I don't care what your politics are. You think it's going to matter when the golden street, when, when Christ cracks the sky and sets up a city as big as the moon, you think it's going to matter how you register to vote? You think when you die and everything fades to white and the Nazarene himself reaches out his hand to take you on home, he's the only one who's gone through it, and he grabs you and takes you to his bosom, you think his question is going to be, how did you vote in the 2020 election? Guys, you need, to get, you need to get on the right page. We don't belong here. Look, I vote because I'm a citizen. I'm going to do what my conscience allows. But I'm a whole lot more than a black man or a Democrat or this or that. Okay, I'm going to get a rise out of y'all. Y'all are a child. New life is a challenge for me. I'm going to do it. Guys, look, God invites every person to salvation and transformation. Can you imagine what a new life would be if y'all welcomed any human being, regardless of their background, what they thought, where they'd been? Who cares? You're a human being. Come on in here, boy. Come on in here, girl. We love you. We know how to love people. That's our specialty. We just love us some folk. That's what we do. And we do it on the one. One, two, three, four. I don't know. I do it on the one. That's, look, our unity of potential recognizes and yet transcends our color and culture and class and rank. In Christ, there's no barbarian or Scythian, no bond or free. It don't matter if you're Jew or Gentile. God loves the Frenchman as much as he loves the American. He loves the ISIS warrior, y'all, as much as the Pope. Do you understand that? It's radical. It's out of control. It's over. Zan, it's, I think, get me wrong, it's overwhelming, never-ending, reckless love of God. It's crazy. You mean even they can come in here? You mean even that brother can come in here? You know, I'll never forget the first time I was preaching at a church, and I told him that Paul was a jihadist. Guys, Paul was a jihadist, and I, gave, I made my argument. For religious reasons, he inflicted violence on others. He went into their worship communities, got them out, drugged them back home to force allegiance over against their conscience of what he thought they should do religiously. Jihad, right? People were so offended. I said, no, he wasn't. I'm not offended. That's just the recklessness of God's love. God will take a jihadist and make him the key Christ follower in the earth. That's God's love. It is reckless. Dear friends, you know, our union with Christ affirms this shared human plight and promise. And I'm thankful that I understand it. I'll never forget. I met a dear brother, a Nigerian brother, uh, in prison. We, we have seminary sites in over 70 uh, prisons. Uh, we, I just believe, it doesn't matter to me who you are. Uh, a Christian is a Christian is a Christian. So we are trying to train in the most dangerous places on earth, Folsom Prison. Uh, I mean, we're in really tough places. I mean, hard men and women. Uh, I remember the first time, Lorna will recall, when we first met uh, Sam Muthwang. Uh, he, was a, he was a guy who had had a seminary degree, a Ph.D., from the University of Nebraska, but in a scuffle with his wife and her boyfriend, uh, a gun went off 
and his wife was, was, was killed. He found himself languishing in Ellsworth, Kansas prison uh, with all of this. He was a brother in Christ. And I remember the first time I saw him, I said, dear brother, you have skills that we can use if you are willing to do that. Because you're a Christ follower, you can transcend what you've just been through. You're not, you're not what you decide to do. Christ can renew you. Man, it's reckless, his love. You don't have to be what you were being. You don't have to languish in this. I said, look, I have a vision for you, brother. You could become the academic dean of the Urban Ministry Institute Seminary here in Zellsworth. Am I crazy or not? Isn't this simply Christian? That Christ, who we sing about, can do anything in anybody's life. So he listened to me, and he started. This was the first seminary class in Ellsworth. This was the hardest class I've ever addressed in my life. Totally antagonistic. Perfect for what I do. Perfect. Right? Because Christ can change anybody. It doesn't matter. Look, there are people who slept last night under a bridge uh, in an overhang of a busy New York sort of thing who smells like urine, has track marks in his arm. Our Savior died for this brother or this sister, right? Look, I'm just a Christian. I'm all I'm trying to do. This is vacation Bible school level theology, right? This ain't like big. Our God is so big, so strong, and so mighty. There's nothing my God cannot do. That's what we, that's what we say. But when it comes to real people, we don't view them the way God does. This little seminary group was so successful it caught the attention of prison fellowship. And World Impact made a, a pact with them in 2008. And guys, we have trained thousands and thousands of people all over the country with a seminary education. And they literally make 25 cents a day. Look, we, are, we, uh, we, we challenge people to be creative. They couldn't find a baptistry. They cleaned out a trash can in the Los Angeles County Jail. And we baptized people in the trash can for Jesus. Now, what, what, what is that about me? Is that weird or odd? Dear friends, there are 20,000 people in the jails of, of L.A. I'm just saying that Christ died for every one of them. Why should we leave them out? <laughs> Maybe your theology don't allow you to, to riff and get down on the one for broken, ugly people. Nothings that no one cares about. What if I hadn't seen Sam that way? What if I just seen Sam through the lens of a murderer and a whatever? Dear friends, Sam ain't what, what I think he is. Sam is what God says he is. And in the, in the, in the kingdom of God, U-turns are not only permitted, they're just welcomed. Anybody can be new. I love being a Christian. Oh, my goodness. I, I encounter people, the harder, the better. The grace of God is like water, right? It works, it goes to the lowest spot first, then it rises. The grace of God is for the broken and the vicious and the crazy and the undeserving. That's how we function. If you have here at New Life a community that simply welcomes people who don't need the grace of God, what is that? The nature of grace is that it works among those who don't deserve it. One final point, 
Oh, it's painful to stop right there. Oh, my goodness. Look, the vantage point of Galatians, all of these are ocular sort of metaphors, mirror, lens, and then vantage point. A vantage point is an interesting thing. Vantage point determines where you stand is what you see, right? If I, look, I can't see y'all now. I know y'all see me. Of course, I'm a, this is the backside of a handsome, humble black man. But I can't see that. I can see you. Where I stand determines what I see, right? Where I stand determines what I see. Look at what Paul said in Galatians 3. For in Christ, you are all children of God through faith. For as many of you have been baptized into Christ, have put on Christ. All of you. There's neither Jew nor Greek. There's neither slave nor free. There ain't even male or female. <laughs> Golly. You are all one in Christ Jesus. Look at how radical Christianity is. For heaven's sake, not even male or female. What would it mean for you as a Christ follower to just live into this? Dear friends, this would be a pretty astounding thing. Look, I believe that in Christ, we become God's kids, and our faith in Christ just reveals this interconnectedness, this, this, this beauty. Christ establishes this single, inescapable destiny for all human beings. It means that as a Christian, I am, I am associated with every brother and sister who says yes to Christ. If there were only one community of faith in Wichita, and it was made up of six blind Nepalese sisters, I would go to that community because they're my mama, right? It, it don't matter where they grew up or what they know, even if I understand their language, right? Because they belong to him. They are mine, myself. Oh, my goodness, I love it. So what's the deal? Let me close this up. Dear friends, God Almighty is fully engaged in winning the world to Christ, rescuing for himself folk from every people. And this has every sort of implication you can imagine. Each life, guys, is priceless, regardless of who they are, what they believe, or what they do. I don't really care about a person's politics. They can, in my judgment, uh, I, I think what has taken place in the American church is very troubling to a person like me, a theologian, because I think that we're actually gauging people's worth based on their political background and commitments. I think that's dangerous for us as Christ followers. I don't think it matters. Guys, I'm not saying that you can't live by your convictions. Please follow your conscience. But we are believers in every single brother or sister. I don't care what their politic is. They belong to me. Each one deserves to hear God's offer in a way that they can understand. And my, my duty is to treat every person as if they were uniquely made in the image of God. Because even in America, we may have, we may have come on different ships, but we're in the same boat now. This is my fundamental understanding of what it means to be Christian. And to be a Christian means that I have to look at things differently. I look at things through the lens that God gives. I, I don't quote Wayne Dyer much. His self-help books are pretty weak in my judgment. But he, one thing he said that I think is true, if you change the way you look at things, 
the things you look at change. The most important thing in your life is the way you look at something, not what that thing is. What do you see when you see a person? What do they have to become? Do they have to change before they merit your, your, your love? What if God treated us like that? You remember what God said to, to Samuel? Uh, Samuel was sent by God to Jesse's house. These, these boys, all of them strapping. The oldest boy, 6'9", you know, waist of 20 inches, 10% body fat. Samuel looked at him and said, I know this boy is what God's anointed. God said, keep your oil in your thing. Because I don't look like y'all do. I don't judge people on the appearance. I look at the heart. To be a Christ follower, I, I, I had to swap my eyes. Now I get to see people as he does. I get to look at them the way he does. Dear friends, his thoughts aren't our thoughts. His ways are not our ways. This is the challenge of being a disciple in America right now. So what, what, what then should Christ followers of conscience do? Uh, what can you take away from this? Let me, let me put it this way. I think we need to think Christianly. Guys, I think that the, the most important thing that a community of faith can do in America is that we say we're going to think Christianly. We're not going to just let any news agency or any flood or tsunami of media messages determine what we believe about human beings. We're going to cherish every human being on the basis of the word, not on the basis of what we think. And you can begin right where you are. You don't have to go far. There are people in your life around you who are different from you. You need to begin to gauge how you look at people, what you say about them and to them, and the way you do it. You can look at the people in your own circle. I'm, I'm not talking about some fancy thing. I'm just saying you go to a grocery store. You encounter people who are different from you. How do you relate to them? What do you say about them? Do you have the same, this sense of excitement? I'm giddy in my heart about what Christ can do through anybody. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> it's there if I'll only allow myself to see it. Dear friends, I think in America now you need to be careful what you hear. You need to test everything. And we should begin with very tiny acts of kindness and recognition. If you really want to start and sort of begin this new journey of a Christ follower in a great community like yours, guys, just begin right where you are. Just begin to live as if the mirror and the lens and the vantage point are actually true. You have to think this is a phrase from my old my old chaplain at Wheaton College that I, I, I went to and taught at, he said, think Christianly and act accordingly. Think Christianly. I'm not just any old body. I'm a Christ follower. I don't think like any old body. I test everything and I hold fast to that which is good. Dear friends, in closing, let me tell you just honestly, that God can do anything with anyone in any place to fulfill his purpose. And this basic thesis is the essence of being a Christ follower. God can call anyone from anywhere to do exactly what he wants them to do and be. And because of that, it means that you're not involved. How many of y'all had a conference with your mama and daddy before they had your brother and sister. 
you, you, you know what my mama did? I had eight, I had six sisters and a brother. She would bring home one of my sisters and say, Donnie, come here. This is your sister. She's little and you're dirty and funky. So I don't want you around her until she's old enough to get around and you do exactly what I say. I'm going to knock the black off of you. Now, that is an amazing phrase. I never quite understood. Mama, I'd never asked her. I couldn't just Mama, what exactly does knocking the black off me entail? You know, my mama would never appreciate it. <laughs> Guys, this is, look, just look at a second at the, at the basic character of folk in the Bible. Noah was a drunkard. Abraham was an imposter. He lied in an immigrant. Lot was a flake. Gideon was nervous. Jacob is one of the all-time great schemers of history. Paul, as I said, was a jihadist. Moses was a fugitive for murder. David was an actual murderer and an adulterer. Jonah resisted. Jonah's, Jonah's uh, lining up with God is to run away from God as hard as he could. That was his ministry. If you had asked Jonah, what's your ministry, brother? Well, I run away from God whenever he asks me. Guys, God's people broke the covenant. Zacchaeus was an embezzler. Levi was a traitor. Mary Magdalene was a demoniac. Peter betrayed the Lord. And frankly, offenders in and out of prison is all of what we are. Guys, what you see is what you get. If you're going to be a Christian, you're going to have to allow Christ to change the way you look at things. Christianity, if you look under the leaves, Christianity is about broken, failed, ugly people that the grace of God has taken and transformed. I can only imagine what a community like this would do if you just actually looked at people the way God does. Just, just tried it a week. Dear friends, in God's salvation purpose, all humankind is connected in a common thread of condition. I hope that new life will learn to look the second time. I hope you guys will learn to respect people because you're Christ followers. To be a Christ follower means I can never look at a person just with the first look. I don't care how they look, they look dangerous. I've got to look again. I, I've got to look again. I've got to look again and see them as they really are. And then I can begin to relate to them as I should. All humanity is bound together in a common thing. And therefore, every, every single person deserves this respect and being cared for and protected. In my judgment, to be a Christ follower is one of these great deals. Uh, I, I, can't, I can't tell y'all how important it is. Thank you, Chad, for the opportunity to come and share with you guys. Guys, we're, you may not ever see me again. Maybe, maybe will we recall uh, ourselves when we meet in glory with the millions of others whom Christ loved and just invited in? Guys, I slung dope. I was a, I was a, I was a tortured, sad man before Christ came to me. But when Christ came to me, I became your brother. I, I, I believe the word on this. Now, in some ways, there's a challenge for you, right? You can either stay locked up in your own bubble or you can allow this new vision.
to open new life to a whole new way of relating to folk. Who knows the kind of ministries and peoples and things that new life could attract. For heaven's sake, I might even come up walking. <laughs> Emphasizing Zan on the one. <laughs> well, dear friends, thank you. Thank you so much for the opportunity to come and share uh, with you. I'm going to pray. Uh, what, a, what a wonderful time it's been to be with you guys. My, my prayer is that all of us can just simply live worthy of a Nazarene who could just, who is so kind to folk, <laughs> so open to people who are so unlikely, uh, so, so overwhelming and, and reckless is the love he had for us. I just, I just hope we can live into this and make him honored by what we do and who we are. Look again at people. Don't go on the first look. Look through the lens and the mirror and the vantage point of the Father. Uh, it'll change you. And it'll change the way you relate to people. Let's have a word of prayer. Father, in the name of Christ, the great Nazarene, the one who took us all, who is calling people, Lord, regardless of their background, to breathe deep the breath of God. Uh, uh, he's calling everybody, regardless of vocation, regardless of gender. It doesn't matter if they're Jew or Gentile. Lord, the Satanist, the Buddhist, the Zen guy, it doesn't matter what they think about or what their background has been. Christ died for them. Give us the eyes at new life to see people as you do and to welcome them, Lord, based on the truth. Lord, help us to transcend our bigotries and our, our, little, our, little, our little insecurities. Give us eyes to see people the way you do and to be true to the Nazarene so you can make your body, your own body, what you want it to be. People from every kindred and clan and tongue and nation all gathered together in one love, this reckless, irreplaceable, amazing love of God. Thank you that we are your followers. Now, by your spirit, give us the strength to think Christianly about our neighbor and to act accordingly for your sake. In Christ's name, Lord, I pray these things for all of us. Amen. Amen.